0: Go ahead and turn to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. That's where we're going to be in God's Word today. And uh, I just want you to know it's incredible um, to come into a new church year. Today marks a new church year for Start Baptist Church. And what's incredible is that we ended our our previous church year uh, with baptisms and we begin our new church year with a baptism. Praise God. Amen. And uh, I'm going to tell you, I believe what's happening is God's Spirit is stirring in the hearts and the minds of, of His children. And I believe that people are praying, and I want to encourage you, uh, this church here, to be people of prayer. Pray to God. Pray to God that His glory would be revealed, that His glory would be known. And pray to God that lives would continue to be changed. God is the a transformer of life. He changes life, and he does that from the inside out. And I'm so excited to see hearts being changed and lives being transformed uh, through the prayers of the people and through the move of God's Holy Spirit. And I love where we are today. Uh, So far in the Gospel of Mark, what we've seen is we've seen the person of Jesus Christ. We've seen the work, the ministry of Jesus Christ on full display. If you'll remember, way back in Mark chapter 1, verse 1, this is what he said. This is the beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. From the very beginning, that is what Mark wants us to see. That is what Mark wants us to hear. That is what Mark wants us to focus on. It's Jesus Christ, the person, the work, the ministry of Jesus Christ. He is Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. I'm going to tell you that introduction in Mark chapter 1 reminds me of a song by Chris Tomlin, I know some of you, you know who Chris Tomlin is. Uh, He's written some incredible worship songs. And this beginning, Mark chapter 1 verse 1, reminds me of the song Jesus Messiah by Chris Tomlin. Listen to what he says in this song. Tomlin sings, he became sin who knew no sin that we might become his righteousness. He humbled himself and carried the cross. Love so amazing." Jesus Messiah, name above all names, Jesus Messiah, our blessed Redeemer, Emmanuel. He goes on and he says, or he sings, he is the rescue for sinners, the ransom from heaven. Jesus Messiah, he is Lord of all. I don't know about you, but that's one of my favorite worship songs. Jesus Messiah, the Son of God, the Lord of all. Well, in Mark chapters 1 through 10, Jesus teaches the message. He preaches the message. It is good news. As a matter of fact, Jesus told his disciples time and time again, that is why I came. I came to preach the good news. Well, what is the good news? The good news is that God loves you. God loves you so much that God sent Jesus to live for you, to die for you, to rise up out of the grave for you so that you might have life for you full life, and most importantly, eternal life. And that's what we see in the first 10 chapters of Mark. As a matter of fact, Mark chapter 8, chapter 9, and chapter 10, we've been focused on kingdom ministry. Jesus teaches his disciples, he disciples his disciples about what it means to be a kingdom-minded person, a kingdom-oriented person, serving in kingdom ministry. Well, we're going to take a turn now because in Mark chapters 11 through 16, Jesus displays the passion of God. He displays the love of God poured out for your salvation, for my salvation, for the salvation of the world. Did you know that nearly one-third, one-third of Mark's gospel is devoted to the last week of Jesus' life? Think about that. In Mark chapter 1 all the way through chapter 10... We've seen Jesus' whole life, from the time He was a baby all the way up until He started kingdom ministry, the first 10 chapters. But the next third of the book of, of, of Mark, the gospel of Mark, is poured out in one week. And it all starts with Jesus entering Jerusalem. See, what we are going to see in this passage today is the beginning of what we call the passion, the passion week. Jesus comes to Jerusalem as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And that's what I want you to see today. He is the King of kings, and He is the Lord of lords. Look at it with me. We're going to look at this passage in whole. Mark chapter 11, verses 1 through 11. The Bible says, As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of His disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you doing this, say, the Lord needs it and will send it back here shortly. They went and found a colt outside in the street, tied at a doorway. As they untied it, some people standing there asked, what are you doing? Untying that colt. They answered as Jesus had told them to, and the people let them go. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David, Hosanna in the highest heaven. And Jesus entered Jerusalem, and he went into the temple courts. He looked around at everything, but since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. What an awesome passage of scripture. And this is the beginning of the final week of Jesus' earthly life and his earthly ministry. And if you'll remember, Jesus told his disciples, I have come to preach the good news. I have come to preach the gospel. Why? Because it is salvation for mankind. And now not only is he preaching and speaking with his mouth, he is about to demonstrate and display and pour out his life, which is the gospel. He is the word. He is the word become flesh. He is the word that was slain for you and for me. And I believe as we see this passage of Scripture, we see our King entering into Jerusalem. We see our Lord entering into Jerusalem. And the word that is used is Hosanna. Hosanna in the highest heaven. And so I want you to see something about our King. First of all, I want you to see our King's sovereignty. Our King's sovereignty. Now, I have described sovereignty... Uh, many, many times, and i 'm going to tell you what sovereignty is again, uh, in my own language. Sovereignty is this: Jesus can do what he wants, where he wants, when he wants, and how he wants to whomever He wants. He has sovereignty. Jesus is in complete control, and that's what I want to see in the Word today. That's what I want you to see in the Word today. He was in complete control. We've already heard this in Mark. Jesus told His disciples three times that He was going to suffer and that He was going to die, but that He was going to rise after three days. Jesus tells them in Mark chapter 10, we looked at it last week, in verses 32 through 34, that He would be delivered over. To the chief priests. He would be delivered over to the teachers and to the Gentiles. They would hand him over to the Gentiles, who were the Romans, and they would mock him, they would spit on him, they would flog him, and they would kill him. That's what Jesus told his disciples. And can you imagine what his disciples must have been thinking? What his disciples must have been feeling. It, it may have looked like things were completely out of control. Can you imagine the disciples were probably thinking, well, let's not go to Jerusalem then. Let's not go there for this suffering and for this death. Let's go somewhere else. But remember, the disciples are not in control, are they? Jesus is in control. And when it looks like things are out of control, when it looks like there's nothing but complete chaos, don't ever forget Jesus is sovereign. Our king is sovereign. Jesus told them, I am going to lay my life down. No one takes my life from me. I freely give it. That's what Jesus told them in the book of John. Jesus, he knows the village that they are walking into. He knows already that there is a young colt, a donkey, in the street. He knows that. They haven't gotten there yet. The disciples can't see that far, but Jesus, He knows that. How does He know that? Because He is sovereign. I find this very interesting as well. He tells them to go and find this donkey, an unused, an unridden donkey. You know what that tells me? That tells me this donkey had not been prepared by man for a rider. But let me just tell you something. Even the donkeys, the wild animals will submit to the sovereignty of Jesus Christ. Amen? That's what we see in this passage of Scripture. Even the donkeys are under the the sovereignty of Jesus Christ. He is sovereign. So we see our king's sovereignty. Not only that, and this makes no sense to us as, as, as mankind, this makes no sense to us in the world in which we live, but not only do we see our king's sovereignty, but we see our king's submission. Think about that for a second. Do those two words really go together? Sovereignty and submission. Sovereignty and submission. Doing whatever I want. However I want. Whenever I want. Wherever I want. With whomever I want. But then we, we, we see the word submission. Sovereignty and submission don't go together in mankind's vocabulary. But let me just tell you something. Our King submitted to the Father. And that's what we see. Everything Jesus said. Everything Jesus did was with the cross in full view. He knew exactly who he was. He knew exactly why he was. And he knew exactly where he was going. The disciples couldn't see it, but Jesus did. Everything Jesus said, everything Jesus did in his earthly life and ministry, his work, was in submission to God the Father. Listen to this. Jesus says this in John chapter 8, verses 28 and 29. When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He, and that I do nothing on my own, but speak just what the Father has taught me. The One who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases Him. I've had people ask me all the time, Brother Jeff, I just don't know what to do in this situation. I just don't know what to do in these circumstances. And here's what I tell them. I tell them, you pray. You pray to God and you listen to the Holy Spirit stir and speak to your heart. You go to the Word of God and you listen to the Word of God. You go and you look at Jesus Christ in the Word because here's the thing. Jesus Christ, who is the Word, The Word become flesh. And the Word, which is God, the voice of God and the Spirit, they never contradict each other. Never. They are always in line. They are always pointed and moving in the same direction. And I'm going to tell you, the Trinity, it's something that I still haven't got a full grasp on. And if you do, I'd like to talk to you. Okay? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, three in one. Perfect unity, perfect equality, yet three, three separate. It it blows my mind. I I can't fully grasp it. But what we see in this passage of Scripture is that God the Son humbly submitted to God the Father, even to the point of death. Why? So that you and I might live. So that you and I might be saved through the repentance of our sin and our faith and trust in Jesus as the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Jesus Messiah. Jesus obeys the Father. And in obeying the Father, do you know what he does? He fulfills the scripture. He fulfills the prophecy. He fulfills the word of God. As a matter of fact, the prophet Zechariah had a messianic prophecy for the people. Listen to what Zechariah said in chapter 9, verse 9. Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. That was Zechariah. Many, many years before Jesus came into this world as flesh as a baby and grown up as a man, Zechariah saw what God told him, right? He saw it. He had a vision of Jesus Christ riding into Jerusalem, sitting on a donkey, righteous and victorious. He saw Jesus in sovereignty, but he also saw Jesus in humility, in submission, riding on a donkey. This is amazing to me. This is amazing that we see Prophecy and scripture all coming together. It's amazing to me that we see Jesus as king, sovereign. But we also see Jesus as king in submission. Why? I'll tell you one word. Salvation. What we see most importantly in this passage of scripture. Is we see our king's salvation. I'm going to tell you this. And I pray that you'll believe this. Wherever you are right now, Jesus is the only one who can save you from your sin. There is nothing else. There is no one else. Listen to me. You can't be good enough. You can't be educated enough. You can't tithe enough. You can't get dunked in water enough. You you can't join enough churches. You can't plug into enough ministries to save yourself from sin. You can't. That's called law. That's called self-righteousness. You know what self-righteousness is? Fool's gold. (laughs) It ain't real. There is no righteousness other than the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Any righteousness you have in you right now, it's not because of your work. It's because of the finished work of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the only one who can save us. He is the perfect Lamb of God. He is the spotless Lamb of God. And he offers us, offers us salvation from God because no one else can. Jesus alone is the one who saves. It was his blood poured out upon the cross that paid the price for your sin and my sin. Why would I bring up salvation in this passage? Well, Jeff, where do, you, where do you see that word salvation in this passage? I see that word salvation in this passage. One word. You know what word it is? Thank you. Hosanna. I want you all to say that word out loud right now. Hosanna. Say it. Hosanna. Say it again. Hosanna. Okay, say it like you really mean it now. Hosanna, right? Hosanna. Hosanna. That's where I see it. Did you know that the word Hosanna is actually a Greek word that transliterates the word from Hebrew? Hosanna means save us. That's what the word Hosanna... When you say Hosanna, it means save us. It means the one who saves. That's where I see salvation in this passage. Hosanna was a messianic term. It was a messianic message. Only used in reference to the Messiah. The only time it was used by people in this time, in this day, in this age was when it was pointed to Messiah, Messiah. The Son of God, the one who saves. And that's what we see in this passage of Scripture. Jesus was in complete control. He was sovereign. He knew who He was. He knew why He was. And He knew where He was going. He had salvation in His crosshairs. He had the cross in full view when He entered Jerusalem. He knew what was coming. And I love this. It says that the people laid their cloaks And their branches out on the ground. Do you know what this means? When people did this during Jesus' time. And remember, uh, this begins the Passion Week. It also began the Passover week for these people. So there were many, many people coming to Jerusalem and already there. But when these people began to take off their cloaks and lay it in the street. And they began to cut these branches and lay it down in the street. Do you know what that's a symbol of? Do you know what that's symbolic of? Royalty. The king is coming. That that was what they were saying. So not only were they shouting out with their voices, Hosanna, but they were shouting out with their actions, Hosanna. The King is coming. The Lord is coming. I love this. The people cry out, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Again, Scripture being fulfilled. You might say, What? Well, listen to Psalm 118. Verses 25 and 26. Lord, save us. Lord, grant us success. Verse 26. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord we bless you. I'm going to tell you, these people sound a lot like Bartimaeus back in chapter 10. You remember what what Bartimaeus said? He heard that Jesus was coming. He heard that Jesus was close. And what did he cry out? He said, Jesus... Son of David, people tried to quiet him down. They tried to say, no, man, you you need to hush. And he, he said, no, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. That's what Bartimaeus said. You know what Bartimaeus was saying? To have that term, Jesus, Son of David, that means Messiah. Messiah, Son of God, the one who saves. This is a triumphant entry. We may look at it and go, well, he was riding on a donkey. Yeah, he was. Because God said it would happen this way. He said it through his prophet Zechariah. You know what? He said it long before through his servant Jacob when Jacob was blessing his children in Genesis chapter 49. I'm not going to tell you the verse. I'm going to make you go look for it. But he talked about a donkey, a colt for his people. So God had this in store all along. And I'm going to tell you something. Jesus knew it all along. You want to know why? Because Jesus was when God, when creation began. See, creation, for me and you, had a starting point. But there was no starting point for God. For God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. There was a starting point for us. And Jesus was there all along. You want to know why? Because he was sovereign. And when he stepped into mankind, when he put on flesh, Jesus was submissive. And when he entered Jerusalem, this final week of his life, it was salvation. Because no one else can save. It's Jesus Messiah, just like Chris Tomlin sings. I was running this past week, and you've heard me say this, I have a, a playlist that I listen to sometimes, a worship playlist that I listen to sometimes when I'm running, when I'm not listening to a preacher preacher, or a podcast. And I forgot I, I had shuffled my music, and uh, Brother Andy's going to know this. But there was a band quite a few years back, a band by the name of Starfield, okay? And we used to sing this song. Brother Andy probably remembers. We used to sing this song a lot. There was a song called Hosanna. I don't know if you remember it or not. But let me, let me, let me share some of the words for you. The bridge of the song leads to the, the overwhelming chorus. But listen to this. Starfield sings, heal my heart and make it clean. Open up my eyes to the things unseen. Show me how to love like you have loved me. Break my heart for what breaks yours. Everything I am for your kingdom's cause. As I walk from earth into eternity, I will sing, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. That's the words of that song, and I'm just telling you. It is no coincidence that that song rang in my ears this week as I was running. All I did was hit shuffle. It wasn't on my original playlist. I just hit shuffle, and it just started playing songs, and that song came on. And I'm going to tell you, I had to stop running. I stopped in my tracks, and I just got off on the side of the road. I got under a good shade tree because it was hot. And I just stood there, and I just looked around, and I said, God, What are you telling me? God, what are you showing me? God, what what do you want me to hear? And so all I did was I said, Hosanna. Hosanna. Hosanna in the highest heaven. I stood there in amazement because I said to myself, God, I don't deserve this. God, I don't deserve you speaking to me. I don't deserve you talking to me. I don't deserve you showing me things like this. God, I I haven't earned it. I don't do enough for this display of your mercy and your grace and your goodness. And we talked about it already this morning, your faithfulness to me. God, you are faithful to me even when I am faithless. And so I had no choice but just to say, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest heaven i tell you, when you look at Jesus, my prayer is that it won't just be words pouring out of your mouth, but more importantly, it'll be words pouring out of your heart. God the Father, thank you for God the Son who came and lived a perfect life, who triumphantly entered Jerusalem as my King of Kings and my Lord of Lords, who faithfully walked And picked up that cross. Who laid his life down. Remember, no one took it. He gave it. He laid his life down. And he allowed them to drive the nails into his hands, his wrists. He allowed them to drive the nails into his feet. He allowed them to put the crown of thorns on his head. He allowed them to puncture his body. Thank God for the one who saves. Amen. I want to ask you a question this morning. Have you truly surrendered to Jesus? Have you truly surrendered to Jesus as your king? Your king of kings. As your Lord. The Lord of lords. You haven't experienced The king's salvation. Unless you've truly surrendered to him. And it is a heart surrender. It's a heart surrender. God, I I surrender my heart to you. I surrender the core of who I am to you. I surrender my all to you. You are my Lord. You are my king. I cry out, Hosanna. Lord, save me. Listen, I can't cry out, Hosanna, to my wife. I can't cry out, Hosanna, to my deacons. I can't cry out, Hosanna, to my Sunday school teachers. I can't cry out, Hosanna, to my bank account. You want to know why? Because none of them can save me. But I know the one who can, and I know the one who did. His name is Jesus. So when I cry out, Hosanna, I'm talking to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And so, are you surrendered to Jesus? Not only that, are you crying out with your heart to Jesus Hosanna in the highest heaven. Are you crying out with your heart? Hosanna in the highest heaven. Are you thankful today that Jesus is who he says he is? That Jesus does what he says he will do? Are you thankful today that Jesus did what he did, not just dying on the cross, but coming out of that grave and proclaiming victory and saying, set my captives free. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful today. I don't live under the penalty and the bondage of sin anymore. I live in the freedom and the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Satan has no hold on me or over me. And so I speak truth. We sang it in the songs just a minute ago. I'm going to preach, right? I'm going to preach when those doubts and those fears come my way. I'm going to preach the gospel to my doubts and to my fears. I'm going to let my doubts and my fears know, don't come to me. You go to my king. You go to my Lord. Take it up with him because he's got me. So many people today walking, walking under the bondage of sin. I'm going to tell you there are so many people today who are dying and they're facing the penalty of sin. What a tragedy. Yes, physical death is a tragedy, but I'm going to tell you, there's a worse tragedy. It's called spiritual death. It's being separated from God forever and ever because you rejected Jesus Christ as Jesus Messiah. You rejected Jesus Christ as the Son of God Hosanna the one who saves And that's why I say as a church We need to be praying right now Yes we ought to be celebrating and thanking God For the baptistry being stirred But we shouldn't be satisfied in it We we shouldn't be satisfied in it No there's more lives at stake There's eternities at stake And the church ought to be praying about it And praying for it and the church ought to be the one shouting loudly, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest heaven. And when people ask you, what in the world's wrong with you? You tell them, rephrase your question, what in the world is right with me? His name is Jesus. That's who we got to be, church. That's who we got to be right here, right now. And that's who we got to be when we walk out of these doors. Are you surrendered to Jesus as King of King and Lord of Lords? Are you crying out with your heart, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. I pray that you are. And if you're not, I pray you keep hearing my voice. I I pray you keep hearing the voices of brothers and sisters in Christ who are proclaiming Jesus Christ, Messiah. Jesus Christ, Messiah. Messiah. He's not just what you need. He's who you need. As a husband, a father, a wife, a mother, a teacher, a student, an owner, a worker, I don't care what title or label you got, you need Jesus. Because Jesus is the only one who can save you.